Hi, welcome to Dispatches from the Suburban Zoo. We are a group of five women and mothers who originally met as part of a book club and decided to podcast to channel our creative energy. Collectively, we are parents to eight boys and six girls from teenager down to preschoolers. I am Melody, a remarried widow with two kids and two stepkids. I have founded a nonprofit and traveled to 53 countries. I'm Jessica. I'm an artist and stay-at-home mom to two kids, and I'm constantly tortured by piles of laundry. I'm Shana. I'm an engineer with three sons, two cats, a mom with dementia, and often a foster child, all living in my three-bedroom home. I'm Jocelyn, a former English teacher, foster parent, and current stay-at-home mom. Now that my kids are tweens, I'm trying to figure out what comes next for me. And I'm Mary, recovering lawyer, aspiring writer, and obsessive furniture rearranger. Tonight, we're going to be talking about emergency preparedness, disaster preparedness, all that kind of fun stuff. And the inspiration for this is that a couple weeks ago, my family had a really unexpected adventure that made us grateful for some of the ways that we'd already prepared for a potential emergency. And it also made us think about some of the ways we wished we had, but didn't yet. Long story short, we have a cabin up in the mountains in the Sierra Nevadas that's a couple hours from home. And we went up there for the week thinking like, oh, there's going to be snow this week. And we can, we have the benefit of virtual school right now. The only benefit is that we can go <laughs> up to the cabin during the week. So we thought like, all right, it's going to snow. The kids can sled when they get done with school. It'll be great. Well, long story short, the storm was way bigger than anybody expected for the first day that it was snowing. And even into the second day that it was snowing, the kids were having a really good time playing outside. Our dog was chasing them around. They were sledding. They built a snowman. And then the third day, our power cut out in Ooh. the middle of the night. And Chris and I were lying awake all night long listening to trees falling around us because of oh, how heavy the snow that. was on them so and the scary. wind. So that was scary. And we were sitting there like bracing ourselves, wondering which one was going to hit the house and all these big clumps of snow landing on the roof of the A-frame and sliding down and smacking on the Wait. ground. And we ended up that afternoon deciding, okay, the power's not coming back on let's just drive home. Like there's no need to sit in a cold house. I was going to say, let's just be clear. When you say no power, you mean no heat, right? I mean, no like, heat. Okay. Yeah. For a bunch and of California people, that is yeah. <laughs> torture, well, right? <laughs> and it got to be, eventually it was getting to be 40 degrees in the house. <gasps> it was warmer when we were sitting around our wood fire, but if you were not in front of the fire, it was 40 degrees, but- <sighs> By the middle of that Wednesday afternoon, we were like, uh, okay, it's not that bad. It's not that cold yet. But if it's, if the power's still not on by this afternoon, let's get out before night. Like we don't need to sleep another night with no power. Well, we went up and our road hadn't been plowed yet. And the snow was at that point about three feet deep. And, you know, our trusty Subaru can handle a lot, but not three feet. No. Of yeah, that's crazy. Snow. And so we were like, okay, we checked in with one of our neighbors who was also there. And we both were like, okay, tomorrow morning, we have enough food. We're fine. We'll leave in the morning. Still not plowed the next day. Continued snowing, 
and another night of trees falling in the night and more and more snow. Oh, I just was wondering when you are talking about that, like, are you, are you just like seeing with flashlights? I mean, what are, do you have candles? Like, what are you doing in the evening? So you have no heat and then like you have this fire are, are you just little like house on the reading prairie. by like oil lamp like what <laughs> what are you doing so thankfully because of some emergency supplies we did have we had some flashlights we had some candles we had the light from the wood fire but it was pretty minimal and it was really too cold to do anything not in front of the fire luckily we have a gas stove so we were able to be you know cooking hot food, heating up hot water for tea and cocoa and all that stuff. But yeah, it was just cold. And we went to bed really early that night because everybody was cold and our kids normally sleep in the basement, but it's big and it's open. It was freezing down there. So they abandoned the basement and slept all three of them in one queen size bed upstairs with the dog and like (laughs) every blanket we had. My kids were horrified when I told them that your three all shared a bed. Zach was like, <laughs> death first. Like, no way. Like, well, if you were that cold, you would. Yeah. Also, <laughs> one thing is Zach is like six feet tall and my kids yes. are barely breaking five feet. So okay, yes. they were that. able to sleep, all three of them lined up the wrong way on the bed and have a little more width. But yes, the dog was right in the middle of everybody. Aww. You know, things are desperate when your tweens agree to spoon each other. Totally, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And my daughter was like right in the middle of her two brothers whom she normally thinks are smelly and terrible. And they were, um, I mean, no showers. Yeah. yeah, no, we were not showering. So yeah, like the next day, my husband had gone with the neighbor and they were walking around the neighborhood trying to figure out what was going on. They came back and said that some of the other main roads were plowed, but there were a lot of other roads, smaller ones like ours that were not. So it was not just us. Cause we were trying to figure out like, have we just been abandoned by the County? Like, did they forget? So they actually took some old oars from like a canoe that the neighbor had and stuck them in the snow and wrote a sign on one of them that said like, wow, because in case they were just passing us by anyway, the end result was we finally got out Saturday after being snowed in with no power for three days. And the only reason we got out when we did is that one of our neighbors um, was having some medical issues and it wasn't like an immediate life or death situation, but he did need to get out. So the County prioritized us, um, to get out. He, the neighbor had walked to the end of the road and somebody radioed into the fire department for him. They actually had to send a front end loader because wow. we had over five feet of snow. So this is crazy full on gigantic construction vehicle was like with huge chains on the huge tires was like slipping and sliding and having a hard time getting over all this snow. So when we saw that we were like, okay, yeah, there was no way we were ever making it out of here (laughs) on our own. Like we could not have dug out or anything like that. (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was a crazy experience, but yeah, I think if the neighbor hadn't needed to get out urgently, we would have been stuck for at least another day. And then when we drove out of the neighborhood, there were trees and power lines down everywhere. The power company had a ton of trucks out, but clearly they were dealing with a lot. And so it was no wonder that we hadn't gotten out before then. Yeah. It made us really evaluate like what emergency things did we have that we were grateful we had. 
it made me realize we never need to let our pantry get depleted. I'm so happy that you guys are okay and you made it out <laughs> and the front end loader saved you. But what did you do for three days? Like staying what by the fire. All the five yeah. of you and Literally, the dog? we truly sat by the fire. Like we, I remember at one point, one afternoon, we were like, let's play a board game before it gets too dark. Like let's do one thing that's like, fun so we my kids picked pandemic because of course we're gonna play pandemic in the middle of a pandemic while we're snowed in with no power but the, doesn't the sun go down at like five o'clock right now because we're recording this in february so you had a long night and we yeah. were out of devices it too, was probably right? closer to six by the time it was actually dark but yeah it was long and we did have one power bank and so we were just using that to keep my husband's phone charged, hoping that like we'd get a cell signal, but even the cell towers must've been out. I don't know how that works. I Did he just like disappear from work? And did you guys just like disappear from school? Like they were expecting you yeah. to participate? The first day I was able to get an email to one of my kids' teachers to say, we're snowed in, hopefully he'll be in tomorrow. And then after that, we just like ghosted. Actually, at one point, Chris, um, when he had gone walking around the neighborhood, he got like one measly bar of service and sent out a message to like somebody from work and to, um, I think his parents or one of his brothers asking them to report our kids absent for school. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, we found out later when he was able to contact everybody from work again, that, um, his boss and some of the other people on his team were like trying to look up our names and find the address of our place because they were going to like call the county and like send them check on us. So I was like, oh, somebody was worried about us. I remember <laughs> we were all texting th those few days and we like you, you usually are like really good about texting back and you just like, you know, hadn't replied to anything, but honestly, yeah. it wasn't until you then chimed in. I was like, Oh yeah, I guess we haven't heard from Jocelyn. So don't count on us to come looking for you next time. I was, and then like you told us and I was like, Oh, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to know there are some people who notice when you disappear. We were laughing because our neighbor that we were checking in with his parents apparently got worried about him. I mean, he's a grown adult man, like our age and, they called the fire department and the fire department drove some little like snowmobile thing down the road to check on him and make sure he was okay. Aww. And Chris and I were cracking up when we heard it because we were like, wait, he's the oldest child in his family. And they still sent somebody out to check on him. <laughs> we're both <laughs> oldest children. Like, I'm pretty sure our parents would not send the fire department out unless our younger siblings were here. <laughs> Which actually is an amazing segue, I think, Jocelyn, into the fact that like you guys were prepared. And I think it has something to do with oh, the that's fact a good that you're point. both oldest children. And we like are overly responsible. 100%. Yeah. So um, how do you prepare for something like this? Obviously, everybody's potential emergency is going to be different. Like in the Bay Area, we don't have to worry about getting snowed in, but we do have to worry about potential wildfires and earthquakes and obviously smoke now. Smoke, yeah, yeah, and smoke. smoke and the pandemic. Uh, like and the pandemic. Yeah, we definitely have had emergencies enough for a decade all crammed in this past year. So I think, you know, 
Chris and I were discussing it later and thinking about, okay, what did we do to prepare? What things were helpful that we'd done to prepare? And what did we wish we had? And what are we going to add to our list? So obviously just having a stock of food in the pantry is a lifesaver. And for us- literally. Yeah, literally a lifesaver. And because we have a gas stove at the cabin, we could still count on being able to heat stuff up. How far what is your cabin from like the nearest grocery store or convenience store? Uh, it is about a 15 minute drive under normal circumstances to the closest grocery store. So under normal circumstances, running to the store is not a big deal. There are convenience stores a little bit closer. And to be clear, because other roads in our neighborhood were cleared, if we had had a true emergency or had been out of food, we could walk off our street and walk, you know, half a mile to another road that's cleared. And we, I'm sure we could have found somebody and said like, we will pay you $50 to go to the grocery (laughs) store for us. Or we were threatening to like, go find somebody who would pick a pizza up from us in for us in town. Cause at that point I would have, I think been in love with anybody who had brought a hot pizza to the house, but our neighbor doesn't even have a gas stove, which we didn't even realize until the second day in at which point we made him food because he was just eating like cereal and pop tarts because Mm. You know, which is fine. You're not going to die. But when you're cold, it's really nice to have the dozen boxes of mac and cheese that my family went through and the packets of ramen and oatmeal and all of that stuff to warm you up. What about like an emergency kit? Beyond food and water, how do you plan for what things you need to have in your kit? We have a couple of things in the cabin that just always stay there that were helpful. Like we've got a couple flashlights and that's really nice. And extra blankets and firewood and stuff like that. But another thing that was a huge lifesaver for us was we have an emergency kit that we keep in our car. And, you know, I didn't create the emergency kit a couple of years ago thinking of a snowstorm, but my thought was just, if we have an earthquake, if we have a wildfire, if we have whatever, and we need to leave really quickly, the kit will be in the car. If we have an earthquake and we need to stay home, our car's in the driveway. We can go get the, get the kid out of the driveway. I hate thinking about this stuff. Like when I like to imagine any kind of emergency, I'm just like, no, thank you. I choose not to do that. So I <laughs> end up on Amazon. I bought like one of those buckets that like becomes a toilet and it's filled <laughs> with like protein bars, I guess. I don't even know. I just like clicked the link. It came to my home and I shoved it in a corner of my garage. Like that is the extent of my thinking and planning. So like when you're talking about a car kit or, you know, I know that you have like other things in your house too, like what would you say to someone or like recommend to someone who's just like, help me be more prepared without making me, (laughs) giving me a panic attack uh, or like making it too complicated? Where do you even start? Well, here's the thing. I think it feels really overwhelming when you start to think about creating an emergency kit or being prepared for an earthquake, a hurricane or tornado, or I don't know, whatever your likely emergency is in your area. And you're right. Like you can go online and you can order a bucket full of protein bars. And the good thing about that is if you are really, truly trapped in your house because of an earthquake and you run out of food, like the protein bars will keep you from dying. (laughs) However, it won't be pleasant. Like (laughs) nobody wants to survive for days on end with small children in the house with some like 
protein bricks. Yeah, I saw in your list, Jocelyn, which I haven't added to my own yet, but you have like a bag of Skittles or maybe, I don't know, some sort of candy. And I was like, that's brilliant. You could be like, you've earned five Mm. Skittles because you were nice to your brother and it would be like gold. Yeah. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. So we, we do have, you know, some like more serious emergency prep stuff in the garage some, you know, long-term food storage and some water storage, but my car kit is supposed to be like an all-purpose thing that would help us in a lot of different situations. And we're going to post the full list of the contents on our social media later. So we're not, I'm not going to go through and list every single thing. And one thing I was thinking sort of about the car kit, and I, I have to admit that because this got delayed from last week, I did put together a car kit and Mary, maybe this will help you thinking of it and less and less as like an emergency, but like, what if you got stuck going to Santa Cruz and you're on the mountain for three hours, you know, you guys mm-hmm. need some water. You might, you don't want to leave the car running. So you want a thermal blanket, you know, the right. blanket. so something that's not necessarily an emergency, but might feel like an emergency. Yeah. Like I try not to pull out the snacks for just like a my kids are hungry while we're out running errands. And I'm like, oh, let's get a granola bar from the emergency kit. <laughs> I try not to do that. But yeah. we did one time driving kind of in the middle of nowhere, wind up needing to wait for roadside assistance for like three hours. And we went through like two boxes of granola bars and some Capri Suns and stuff like that, that we were just glad we had. And I replaced it later when we got home and it was fine. Do you check on it like every so often or how often do you kind of make sure that the food is still good? Previously to a handful of times over the past year or so that we have used it, one time we went hiking and when we were already an hour away from home to go hiking, I realized that the bag that we had brought with emergency stuff or not emergency stuff, sorry, hiking stuff like granola bars and water and stuff had gotten left in the entryway. Just nobody took it out to the car. And I was like, it's fine. We have snacks in the emergency kit. And I pulled them out and realized that it was like overflow snacks from our house that nobody liked. Uh And like we opened a couple of the packages anyway, and the stuff was stale. Mm -hmm. It just was gross and nobody wanted it. And so that made me realize okay, I need to pull out all this old food and refresh it. And if you're not using it periodically for like more minor stuff, maybe set a reminder on your calendar to just ping you like once every six months or a year and just like pull those granola bars out, put them into your snack rotation at home so they get eaten and it's not a waste. And then buy a couple new boxes and shove them in there. Yeah, that's a good point. Even though it says five years, you don't have to leave it in there five years. You could <laughs> consume it and yeah. place it. I don't know why that didn't ever occur to me because I was like, what has a shelf life of five years? I don't want to touch this. Yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. And the stuff that I have in the emergency kit is not the like five-year shelf life protein bars that will outlast the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it's stuff my kids like to eat. So like we pulled out some of the stuff during this snowstorm, just to be like more fun snacks. Like my kids love those um, Ritz cheese sandwich crackers 
or like Quaker chewy granola bars with the chocolate chips. And I don't normally buy that stuff. So when we pulled out the granola bars and we were like, hey, everybody gets a s'mores granola bar for dessert. They were really excited. And that like helped pep them up a little bit. So like, are you telling me, I'm just like trying to picture this car kit. Are you telling me that at all times in your car, you have something like a s'mores granola bar and Ritz crackers and then you yeah, have, so okay, I so have like, two what else? Ba- so I have two bags that go okay. in the back of the car. One of them is the one that's like, if anybody takes this out of the car, I will cut you. The other one is <laughs> Wait, like, what's in that one? Okay. So that one has the more crucial stuff. The okay. other one is just like some, it's just extra Capri Suns, extra water, extra granola bars. But yeah, the one that stays in the car, that one has like a multi-tool a $20 bill. Um, we do have a first aid kit that's not in the bag, but it just always stays in our car. Some flashlights, some headlamps. Gosh, I'm trying to think what else, but yes, Ritz crackers, trail mix, some spicy almonds. My kids love a bag of Skittles totally with the purpose of like keeping everybody's spirits up. Capri suns, a couple water bottles, thermal blankets, that kind of stuff. I would say from your list that surprised me, Jocelyn, and I had to question you, when would you use this? And then your answer was, <laughs> oh, no, that is helpful. Two things were that I ended up buying were the tiny water purification tablets, which I thought, okay, that's pretty mm-hmm. smart. And though two of my sons were like, why didn't you get that filter straw that you can just suck through? But anyway, the other thing was your hand crank slash solar power slash phone charger slash weather radio. It had a lot of slashes. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, do you really need that? Do I need a weather radio for it to tell me it's snowing? <laughs> it turns out, yeah, it seems like a good idea. So I bought one. So yeah, we bought it with the intention of thinking if we have no power in, you know, because of an earthquake or something like that, we'll have this like radio and you can crank it or you can battery power it. You have options. Um, or but solar. We use- yeah, it's or solar, but slash. the solar is really for maintaining mm. battery. It's really not going to like power it up fully. But, you know, when we were trying to figure out what the heck is going on with not getting plowed, we have no internet access to find out when PG&E estimates our power is going to be up. We were yeah. flipping around on the radio and we ended up getting an update that was like, over 5,000 customers are out of power in the lower Sierra Nevadas and PG&E has no update as to when it will come back on. <laughs> we were like, oh, oh okay. I Good guess, know. I yeah. guess that's where we're stuck now. <laughs> I, I do have to say I was, I was impressed with the car kit because I, I thought I was fairly prepared. I am in general an overpacker. I pack too much on every trip. I always have too much food and water in the car and Uh, But in the garage, you know, I have all our camping gear. So that's that. But I also have a big Rubbermaid box and it has, you know, peanut butter, water, canned goods, a can opener, all that stuff for your big emergency, your, we had an earthquake and my house fell down, but this was in the garage under the desk. So it's not going anywhere, but I really, the car kit really appealed to me. So last week I, I took care of it. I explained to the kids, I had a little list of everything that's in there just so they know what if mom and dad have passed out when we skidded off the car, you know, you know, off the road, you know, that there are some Mylar blankets in here. And mm. so that really appealed to me. So I was glad that you shared that. Cause I thought, I don't, what am I going to get out of this conversation? I'm super prepared in the garage, but stuff happens when you're not at home. And I, it just never didn't click that maybe I would need some of that stuff in the car with me too. So I appreciate that. You know what? One of my favorite things was from your list was water packets. Yes, I didn't so know fun. you could get little yeah. foil packets of water. 
because I've always been stuck on that. That's one of the most important things for us to have. And yet, like we put plastic bottles, they're going to leak and they degrade and they're a mess. So I love that idea. And those are shelf stable for longer than like the plastic water bottles are. So that's part of the good thing. However, I will say when you put them in wherever you put them, put the individual pouches, like a bunch of them into a big Ziploc bag, because we have had a couple of them leak and it would have made a mess. So at least it was contained. Yeah. One thing I thought about that, that was good. So I did order a bunch of the pouches is that you can ration it better. If it really is a true Mm. emergency, you could, you know, here is your water. You get this for the next four hours rather than like my husband who'll drink like three quarts at one time when we're hiking. <laughs> yeah. I'm paranoid the rest of the time. So I could be like, here are your two bags. Listen, whatever you want, that's all you get. Yeah, Do that's they a good point. Do different sizes or? They're four ounces, the ones I Yeah, bought. they're little. And we do have a couple of water bottles that, you know, we could always refill if we had access to water. And we, you know, we always have water bottles in the car pretty much, but yeah, if we were left for a long time, it'd be helpful. I stuck an empty plastic bottle in the car, in the backpack. So this is all goes in a backpack in the back of the car and those little water purification tablets. So I was like, oh, well, if we run out of water packets, at least we have this bottle. Maybe we could, I mean, I don't know. Can you use your own urine? Is that a thing? You can. Only one way to find out. (laughs) All right. So next weekend I'll go camping and I'll try it. And if you come to podcast next week, we'll know you didn't die. Yes. So Jocelyn, I got Amazon pulled up here. Tell me what are the top things I need to have in my car emergency kit? Because I love this idea. Just as like an overarching theme, I think you need to keep everything in a bag. Because if it's mm-hmm. loose in your car, that's going to be a mess. It's going to be miserable. Agreed. It's going to get squished. So yeah. Like Keep a duffel? We have one backpack and okay. one duffel. The backpack oh. has the main stuff and the duffel has the overflow stuff. And the thought with the backpack was if we ever had to get out of the car and walk, we'd have a backpack that we could easily carry. So we got one backpack with emergency stuff and we got one backpack with extra food and water. So what's in the emergency bag? Most important things. The most important things I think are food and water, because if you, if you don't have food and water, what are you going to do? And I think the other thing, Melody, beyond food and water and something like Mylar blankets is like a small tool. Like we've got a little multi-tool fold out thing. We've used it on a handful of occasions, but it's nice to know that it's there. And then I think the other thing that's super important is a basic first aid kit. And we just bought a pre-assembled one that's actually pretty extensive. It has a lot of stuff in it. And then it's nice because it has the container. And then if we use all the Band-Aids, we can just stick some new ones in. So my dad, ever since I was a teenager and started driving, he would not let me leave the house until I had, unless I had shoes, which in Southern California, you don't always have your shoes with you. <laughs> so I'd have the shoes and a jacket. Yes, and so now jacket. I just keep a jacket in the back of the car because you could, and, and I do use that on regular occasions, uh, frequently. Yeah, the sun goes down and it's freezing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We do the same thing. Or you and have oh. a kid who insists that he's not going to get cold. I'm not mm. going to get cold. Mm. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it's really cold. Or yeah. a kid who said, who swears he's not going to get out of the car. He doesn't want to get oh, out yes. of the car. Yes. He's just going to stay in the car and read his book. And then lo and behold, he wants to get out of the car and, and he has, has no, no shoes. shoes. No yeah. shoes. Exactly. Uh, I always keep a pair of sneakers in my car because back when I used to commute quite a long way to work, I just 
had this like image of myself, you know, in some kind of emergency with the highways backed up and I would be like sprinting to get my children from daycare, like <laughs> abandoning my car on the side of the road and having to run like 30 miles or something in, in heels. heels. <laughs> and exactly. And so, and I know like, you know, in different emergencies, like I know Melody, you're saying one of your friends on nine 11 ended up having to walk many, many, many blocks. And I know many people had to do that same thing. So I keep sneakers in my car. I don't wear heels as often anymore these days, but I just have them there. Just, I mean, even like flip-flops or something, you know, I wouldn't want yes. to have to walk five or six miles in flip-flops. So I got yeah, sneakers in the car, point. old ones that, you know, I don't wear around anymore, but that is really smart. The next time I get a new pair of athletic shoes, I should downgrade the old pair there to the go. car. Yeah. Ladies, you guys have really inspired me. I must say for me, my emergency that's like right next to me in the console when I'm driving is dental floss. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. that, that just drives me bananas to have something in between my teeth. And really, I think that's kind of like my big emergency, kit, you know, in you know what car. that makes me think of one thing, Jess, that was handy is at one point, on some list when I was looking up, like, what should you have in your emergency kit? Somebody had recommended those little tiny, they're called like wisps or something like mm, little yeah, yeah. pre toothbrushes, yeah. toothpasted disposable oh. toothbrushes. And I don't know, I bought them in the midst of my like <laughs> shopping list that I had for emergencies. And one time we had to rush out of the house in the morning and take a kid to the ER. And Chris and I realized, you know, later once things had calmed down and we were no longer panicked, but we're just waiting that neither one of us had brushed our teeth that morning <laughs> prior to leaving the house. And I pulled those little mini toothbrushes out of the emergency kit. And we we're like sitting there in the back of the car, brushing our teeth. But I was, you know, it wasn't Not a life or death thing, but no. it made me really happy that my mouth felt better. And this is why you are qualified to moderate this episode. Like <laughs> that is fantastic. beyond level. That yes. is it so is. I love it. You you've made a list so that our listeners can check out your list of suggested emergency items, right, Jocelyn? Yes. Yeah, and I've got some pictures too. If we want to put those on Instagram, showing like what the bags look like and what's in them, we can do that. Amazing. Mm, Get a fun. visual. I'm adding things to my shopping cart, my friend. Thank you for inspiring me. I hope so. I hope that this helps. And I think the most important thing to remember is like if you're looking at emergency preparedness as like a prepper that you've got like a bunker full that will keep you safe in with nuclear fallout for 30 years like too far <laughs> good for you if that's what you want to do mm -hmm. I am not knocking any of our listeners who have a secret bunker but most people don't have like the time space or money and anything that you do is better than nothing so that's a good point like if you've got a backpack full of food and water and a couple of other things that's so, so, so much better than having absolutely nothing. So <laughs> like, don't let perfection break your brain and make you not able to do anything. And hope you never need it. I mean, that's yeah. the real, that's the real That hope. would be great. Yeah, if, if I could throw it all that away and I never used it, that'd be great. No emergencies. Yeah, for sure. So yes, we will definitely post all of that stuff in our uh, social media so that we know and you can read and see pictures of what you should get. 
thank you all for listening to my insane story and my <laughs> rambling on about how we were freezing and ate all the world's oatmeal packets and Annie's <laughs> mac and cheese for four days. You've been listening to Dispatches from the Suburban Zoo. You can find us on Twitter at Suburban Zoo and on Instagram at Suburban Zoo Pod. See you next time. And if you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend.